Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Check one, check two. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. Jad? Yeah. Let me play you this. Mm. Buddy. Yes, Mom. You're listening to Mike Nichols. I've been thinking. And Elaine May. You're getting old and now you're nearly a man. And you should start thinking about your future a little bit, you know. You're listening to a rehearsal (laughs) that happened to get caught on tape. You're a happy boy. (laughs) What are they laughing about? (laughs) What are they laughing about? (laughs) He has a joke in his head. I know what I'd like to do with my life. But he just can't get the punchline out without ruining it with a laugh. I'll have to train for some years. Wait, what was the joke? I didn't even hear the joke. Oh, you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> he wants to be when I he grows up a registered nurse. <laughs> a registered nurse. The joke is I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. That's the joke. <laughs> but he can't say the word nurse without without losing it. Nor can she say the word nurse without losing it. And yet that is their punchline. And why is that funny? Yeah, well, remember, it's 1959, and boys don't want to be registered nurses. Not in 1959. That's, for Mike Nichols, the funniest thing he's thought of all week. Not funny. But he can't. Wait, but, sure. <laughs> but, uh, Mother, I want very much to be a registered nurse. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> I love this. I love this rehearsal. I don't know why, but I could listen to this 150 times. I I have listened to it 150 times. I want very much to be a registered nurse. (laughs) (laughs) So no go on that one. (laughs) Now understand that this laughter just keeps bubbling up. Mike can't control it. Elaine can't control it. That's my son. <laughs> Here's the thing, Jen. These are two of the greatest humorists of the of the mid twentieth century in the United States. They're professional improvisational comics. They live to laugh. They control laugh. They try to create laugh. They're all about laughter, and yet laughter beats them. Here we are, the species with the capacity for language, which allows us exquisitely nuanced expressions. This is Tyler Stillman. He studies laughter at Florida State University, and yet we produce these kinds of uh, bizarre <laughs> sounds. You know, laughter is this kind of clumsy, uh, inarticulate way of expressing ourselves, but it's also kind of awesome. <laughs> so looking forward is the question then, why is laughter so awesome? Uh, I, I hate that word awesome, but I will say that it's a good question to ask. Why do we laugh? What is laughter for? And why those sounds? Why yeah. those sounds? All right, well, let's go. Our topic today is laughter. I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krilwich. this is Radiolab. Okay, so to get started, the thing we just talked about, the weirdness of laughter. Mm-hmm. You know how it's both like... Um, clumsy on one hand but also kind of awesome yeah i know you love that word awesome Awesome. why do you have to say that word all the way delightful delightful is a good word delightful what i really want to say is that that sort of paradox is something that some of the greatest minds in history have thought about and written about like aristotle 
In a book called De Animalium, Aristotle wants to describe what separates human beings out from all the other creatures. That's historian Barry Sanders. He wrote a book about laughter called Sudden Glory. And according to him, after pages and pages of complicated reasoning about what makes us special, is it language, is it reason, is it this, is it that, Aristotle concludes one thing. What? What makes us absolutely different is our capacity to laugh. When you laugh, Mm -hmm. go ahead, do it. (laughs) That right there. That is a specifically human endeavor. No other creatures can do it. Not only that, the first time you do it. You mean like when you're a little peeper and you're just... Mm -hmm. When you're a tiny baby and you make your first laugh. That, to Aristotle, might be the most important moment of your life. Because it's the moment that your life, at least as a human being, begins. When the infant utters its first laugh, emits its first laugh. At that moment, heated air from lower in the stomach moves through a membrane into the soul, ensouls the creature. And at that point, then this is the fine distinction, at that point, the creature moves from being a human into a human being. Yes, yes, he's absolutely, I remember it so clearly. <laughs> the symbols, the clashes. I thought, oh, I'm a human being. But, and the, but, 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 do well, you remember when it happened? No. Yeah, well, Aristotle was very specific about this. He thought it always happened or should happen. On the 40th day of your existence. Hi there. Good morning. Nina, today is your 40th day. We wanted to check this proposition. So we called up radio producer Amanda Aronchek who just had a brand new baby girl. Nina is celebrating her 40th day of existence today. We're going to get you to laugh. Now, were you able to record with Nina this morning? Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, we recorded for 50 minutes. Really? <laughs> we just, like, went for it. And did she laugh? Well, I tried. Hey there, pretty. Rob tried. Mm. Her aunt tried. What a clever girl. I laugh, I would almost say. You know, like, we, we all tried and tried, and you kind of harass her and, like, stick your tongue out at her and try to tickle her. Tickle your armpit. And then at the end, she's like, lost it. We have yet to get a giggle out of her. That was a smile. What would it take to make you laugh? But she made some sounds we've never, ever heard before. What are all these sounds you're making? Like her level of interaction in the last two days has been more than anything we've seen. Really? Like if you stick your tongue out at her, she does it back. Uh-huh. And if you open your mouth, she kind of tries to do that too. But it has been a milestone, you know, aside from the, the actual day count, like it really is, she's becoming a little being. It's, it's much more emotional, it's like, you're looking at this thing that you're deeply in love with, and it's finally, like, looking back at you. All right, well, Amanda, when it happens, will you call us right back? Okay, I will for sure. Do you agree with Aristotle that, that, this, that, the, that the ability to laugh is what literally separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom? God, how can I disagree with Aristotle? That would be, you know, blasphemous. But Not as an I, academic. I mean, I, you as I, a person. I, as a person. Um, I, I, will, I, th- I truly believe we're the only creature that laughs. What about you? I I do think there's something about the way we laugh, the way we share, 
uh, the emotional feeling that leads to a laugh that is kind of, I don't know of any other creatures that do that. Wrong. <laughs> you can't do that to me. <laughs> Screw you. I don't, know if we're, I don't know if it's wrong because in, tr- in, in, in all honesty, <laughs> the, the, the scientific debate is still, uh, the jury's still out on this question, whether we are the only ones that laugh. But it's one of those things that if you poke around a bit, uh-huh. and let's poke, shall we? Okay. Be beside you. The question becomes much more complicated. Oh, okay. So, uh. Introduce yourself so I don't I, I don't mangle your name too badly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my name is Yak Panksep. Yak Panksep. Yes. Yak Panksep is a neuroscientist at Washington State University. And for the last thirty years, he has studied animal emotion, particularly, and this is his specialty: happiness and play. Play. Playfulness. In rats, for example. Do do, do rats play? Well, yeah. Oh yes. When they're still young and you put them together, they start tussling immediately. But when they play, they're silent. You mean no, not, no squeaks or anything? Mm-mm. Really? All the while they are headbutting each other, they're flipping each other over, they play really hard. No sounds. Mm. That's our starting point, okay? So one day, Yak and a grad student are standing in front of a rat cage watching two rats wrestle silently. And the grad student, this guy by the name of Brian, turns to Yak and says... Is it really possible they're not making any noises? I mean, look at them. Maybe they're making sounds, but we just can't hear them. Uh-huh. So he suggested to Yak, why don't we order one of these little black boxes? Well, they call them bat detectors. That nature people use to listen to bats. What if we put one on the rat cage? Maybe it will take whatever sounds might or might not be there, lower them down to a range that humans can hear. And I said, okay, we'll buy the equipment. And the equipment arrived, and the first day... We had a couple animals playing, and we tuned it through the various frequencies, and lo and behold, it's like a playground at 50 kilohertz. (laughs) (laughs) What did it sound like? It's like... So all of a sudden, you just heard uh, this sound erupt from the little box? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. So now they had this sound that no one had ever heard before, and there's two things you need to know. First, the rats would make the sound sporadically. Each little rat would make it just like And second, Yak had no idea what the sound was. What did it mean? I mean what, what do you mean? What, what, is it, what are they saying? What are they saying to each other? They knew it had something to do with play, but was it just like a hi, hi, hi? Or was it something more aggressive like, are you on a piece of me? Let's wrestle. That's what I think. Or maybe they're excited and they're saying, give me sex. You want to have sex? Or arousal. You can get aroused, you make a couple of chirps. Or maybe it was just a grunt of some sort. There's a lot of possibilities. Ten years. Ten years <laughs> they study this sound, trying to figure out what it means. And every theory failed somehow. Well, you know, nothing was conclusive. Uh-huh. Then one morning, Yak walks in to the lab, which he showed us. We are going to the animal facility on the fifth floor. With a crazy idea. One morning I came in, I was just, Jeff. His grad student at the time. Jeff, let's go tickle some rats. What on earth gave you that idea? I don't know. This is the mystery of uh, having a new idea. Oh, okay. So he and his grad student quickly walk over to the rat cage. We pick up a rat. We carry it to a box. We put it in the box. Okay, the animal's going in. And I begin to tickle it. And by tickle, it's just like you, you would tickle a baby. Meaning what? Like coochie, 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 coo with the fingers. Yeah, you're moving your fingers rapidly all over the animal's body. There's a male rat. He demonstrated. Tickle. 
the sound that came out. It was the same chit 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 as before, but now it was louder. More continuous. So you can see how consistent it is. Plus, it had this very familiar rhythm and familiar dynamic quality, the way it went. And for the first time, it occurred to Yak. My god, what if that's laughter? What if that sound is laughter? And visually, I must say it's pretty convincing. When you see him do it, when and we put a video on our website, radiolab.org, when you see him tickle the rat and the rat kick its little rat legs and chirp like mad, it does look like the animal's cracking up. Like a little kid. <laughs> so what uh, were you thinking at this moment? We were thinking, this a fluke. It's a fluke. This a fluke. You see, you didn't trust what you were hearing. Uh, well, we trust what we're hearing, but I said, let me get another animal. Okay, here's another rat ready for a tickle session. Tickle. Whoa. Bingo. Exactly the same. same. Exactly. I still kind of said, come on, this is too good to be true. Let me get another animal. Okay, here's tickle. Exactly the same. Jackpot. Here's the kicker. The moment Yak stops tickling the rats, Stop. moves his hand away, the rat starts chasing his hand. Moves his hand left, the rat goes left. Moves his hand right, the rat goes right. Exactly. The animal is glued to your hand. Because <laughs> it wants to be tickled again? It wants more. Exactly. <laughs> so cool. Whoa. Whoa. I'm just running circles with my hand, and the animal's running circles right after my fingers. Wants some more, huh? Okay. And if you stop tickling and just leave your hand there in the cage like a dead piece of meat, uh -huh. the animal knows you're alive, and gradually it begins to pounce on your hand, <laughs> and it begins to nip at your finger. It's like, come on, come on. Exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. In terms of calling the squeaking a squeak, or a chirp, mm -hmm. or a or a chit 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 or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that would be one thing. But to call it laughter is saying something very specific. Yeah, a lot of people don't like that word. Huh? Even my friends have advised me to drop that word because they don't think that a rat can feel joy or is that is that is that why yeah, giving human qualities to animals has been a no-no since we are closer to the angels than the other creatures of the world to be an angel. He was kidding, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, so, oh I kind of believed him. Oh, you think that he was being... I thought he meant the laughter in the subtle way that he imagined. No, he... no, no, no. He thinks human laughter is not special. He thinks Aristotle's wrong, basically. Check it out, Aristotle. Do an experiment. <laughs> like, it goes back a long way. Back to rats, back to pigeons, who knows? And that all these creatures laugh, like us, and they laugh more or less for the same reason as us. Hmm. I don't know. You tell a pigeon a good cr chicken crossing the road joke, and you're gonna get nothing. Why? What? Do you don't think that a pigeon has a rich emotional life? <laughs> no, with, not with like joy me. No, I have talked with pigeons. Let me tell you something. All right, I'll give it that we probably laugh for irony. Yeah, we we'd probably do that. And delight. The pigeons, do you think delight. a pigeon lasts for delight? I don't know, but sure, a pigeon experiences delight. What do you know? You're not a pigeon. You Forget the pigeon. I mean, take a bird that sings. I, I bet birds sing because they're happy, and singing is probably 
in a way like laughing. Oh, if you're going to get all general on me, yeah, sure. <laughs> Worms like to wiggle. <laughs> and wiggling is kind of like laughing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, by the way, what's happened to the ba- to baby Amanda? You mean, did she laugh yet? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Fortunately not. Oh, see, so Aristotle's really in deep doo-doo here. I mean, these days, I don't know about ancient Greece, but mm-hmm. these days, people who study this stuff say it's usually around 90 days oh, really? is what is what oh, it's okay. the so general we a little time yeah we have a little yeah. time so okay. i told her to call us back okay. when when she does laugh message one hey there dad it's amanda aranchik calling and i am calling to say that mina just laughed she just laughed she actually full-on did a like ha 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 uh-huh, like that um, it was incredibly exciting, um, but it was not day 40. It was day, by my calculations, 97. So uh, I don't know uh, about Aristotle and those babies, but um, this baby here laughed for real, definitely 100% on day 97. So it's very exciting, and we're very excited, and now she's crying because <laughs> there was so much effort to laugh, I think. Um, okay, bye. End of message. Now for the next question. Forgetting for a moment how we laugh, let's ask why we laugh. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why we laugh. Why do we laugh? We laugh because something's funny. No. No, no, no. The most important thing to remember about laughter is that it's social. And it's not about humor. That's Robert Provine, a neuroscientist at the University of Maryland, who got very interested in this question. So he went out on the street with some of his grad students, pen in hand, and they listened for what people actually in real life say just before they laugh. And in 85% of the cases, are you writing this down? Yes. 85% of the cases, nothing funny preceded the laugh. Yeah. So first of all, people weren't really telling jokes to other people. They were saying things like, hey, where you been? <laughs> I've got to go now. I have a class. I have a class? Ha, yeah. ha, ha. Yeah. This is the kind of things that people uh, say before they laugh. Now, don't take my word for this. Go to a cocktail party. You're going to be a lot of laughter there, but people are not telling jokes to each other at a furious rate. So the laughter isn't about joking. It's about something else. It's about social relationships. you, you got to have those people there. Uh, when you're alone, laughter basically disappears. When you're at home alone, Jed, do you mm-hmm. ever like find yourself laughing? When by myself? Yeah. Well, you see sometimes. When? Like when I'm watching the TV or something. Well, no, I'm gonna, Those no, no. are uh, kind of vicarious social stimulus. No, no, I mean like when you are solitary. If you take away media. No radio, no TV, no nothing in your ears. Mm, no. You know, laughter basically disappears. So we have an unconsciously controlled, neurologically programmed social behavior. It will only work if there's a sharer. Even if the share is just in your head. Yep. And, and, and neurologic, neurologically programmed by who? By um, evolution, in this case. Okay. Uh, towards well, the end of the interview, he walked me over to as a, a TV VCR thing he had. State-of-the-art stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty fancy. And he showed me a video of a woman tickling a chimpanzee. What is this? I have an example here of laughter from our primate ancestors, baby chimps. <laughs> Okay, we have now a chimpanzee on the screen, and you're listening to a chimpanzee playing with a, uh, a woman. <laughs> if you get a game going. That's the woman laughing. She is now cuddling and smothering the chimp with hugs. And he's being tickled. That's chimpanzee laughter. That panning sound you hear is chimpanzee laughter. A low level of chimpanzee panting laughter would be like, 
when they really get into it, it becomes more guttural, like <laughs> that sound, that <laughs> sound. Provine thinks it has nothing to do with jokes. This is not a reaction to anything, although the tickling is kind of delightful. But what it really is doing, he says, that particular sound is a signal, one chimp to the other, and those two chimps to any other animals that happen to come by, other chimps. We're just playing. Chimps have evolved. It's taken them a long time, but they figured out a way to signal, we're not fighting, I'm not going to kill you, this is just play. It's the signal of we're just playing. When they get into it, it becomes more we're safe. <laughs> and according to Provine, we inherited that signal from our chimp relatives. Yeah, so basically, <sighs> panting became ha-ha. Oh, in a human... We've just added one little wonderful extra, the H. (laughs) (laughs) All right, more in a moment. Message one. Uh, Radio Lab is funded in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and the National Science Foundation. (laughs) Somebody here is trying to grab my sheet of paper. (laughs) Nina, you're so good. 